Welcome to One Step Ahead. Technological innovation and the need to live more sustainably are profoundly reshaping how we travel, work and play. In this podcast, business leaders and industry disruptors break down how they're adapting to these trends, preparing for what's next and helping to build a brighter future for our planet. One Step Ahead is brought to you by Amundi ETF, the European champion of exchange-traded funds. To learn more about how you can keep your investments ahead of change, visit amundietf.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice and or an offer to buy financial products. Hello, I'm Libby Potter, and in this episode of One Step Ahead, we'll be focusing on the climate emergency and how companies and governments around the world are preparing for a future of net zero emissions. We're at a critical point in the fight against climate change. Climate commitments are gaining more attention than ever before, and the key date is 2050, enshrined in the Paris Agreement, which commits nearly 200 countries to contain global warming at a maximum of 1.5 degrees C above pre-industrial levels. To hit this ambitious target, humankind must not only change its lifestyle habits, but also urgently direct capital towards the companies striving for a carbon-neutral future, one where greenhouse gas emitted into our atmosphere are fully offset by their removal, the so-called race to net zero. So where do our energy providers fit into the energy transition? To talk us through this hugely important topic, we're joined by Isabel Sanchez Herrero, Head of Investor Relations at Spanish utility giant Iberdrola. Hello and welcome. Hi, Lily. So firstly, Isabel, could you give me a brief overview of what Iberdrola does and tell our listeners what your role in the business is? Sure, Libby. Iberdrola is one of the largest utilities in the world. We're present in the US, UK, Europe, uh, Australia, and Latin America too. We're also one of the world leaders in renewable energy. We have more than 37 gigawatts of renewable capacity and a total capacity of 58 gigawatts. Um, we also have more than 100 million customers and supply, distribute energy, more than 300,000 gigawatts of, of energy supplied. And what's your role within it? So uh, the investor relations function is, is really rooted in the company because Iberdrola is very, very committed to providing with all transparency the information to the market about the, the plans, the strategy, the operations. And, and we, our, our team, we have two different sides. On one side, we, we need to provide the financial markets with all this information, with things that are happening, the new, new trends of, of the, of the market. And we're there to answer all their questions. And on the other side, we also provide the top management with all these trends from the markets so that they can take them into account when they're, they're making the, their decisions. So Isabel, it seems that net zero, this phrase, is all that anyone has been talking about over the course of 2021. Governments, companies, investors, how important is the net zero mission to Iberdrola and what targets do you have in place to get there? Yeah, Libby, net zero is really important because no one doubts the need to promote the energy transition to tackle the global warming and make possible a, a sustainable development throughout the world. The thing is that we need to get to net zero in just 30 years from now. 
and also we need to, to reduce global emissions by at least 45% by 2030. So we, we need to think beyond COP26 and get to, to work and take action right now to take the net zero ambitions into a reality. So in Iberdrola, we're really committed with this. Uh, we've been doing this for years and, and we think that reducing emissions is not only good for, for the environment and for the society, it's also good for the, for the economy, for the business and for the communities. Because just imagine, if you reduce emissions, you improve air quality and health, but you also create economic activity and sustainable growth. You need also to transform all these declining industries into decarbonized industries that are here for the future. So this transformation has to, has to take place right now and it will require massive investments, not only in renewable energy, but also electric, in electricity networks that we need them to connect the, these, these renewable facilities and also to provide resiliency and quality of service. Ibidrola, in fact, describes itself as a company that's 20 years ahead of the current energy transition. So why is that the case? And where has that led your company to today? Yeah, Libby, you're right. We started this way 20 years ago. See that now there's a strong consensus about decarbonization and going green. But at that time, we had to, to convince regulators, governments and other market agents that this was the right way to go. Since then, since year 2000, we have invested almost 120 billion in renewable energy. And as a result, we've gone from being a local Spanish utility with coal and fuel oil to the global green company that we are now. In the last two decades, we have the commission 8,500 megawatts of fuel oil and coal generation capacity decreasing the, our level of emissions to below 100 grams CO2 of CO2 uh, per kilowatt hour. It is important to mention that because other utilities or peers are calling themselves green, and while right now they're going back to producing electricity with coal, and we're not. With this, with this path we took 20 years ago, uh, we have increased our renewable capacity four times and became coal-free reducing our emissions by uh, 72% to levels below 100 grams. And the average of our peers is, is three times higher. And while doing that, we have also increased the market cap more than six times, increased the dividend three times, and increased the, increased the EBITDA five times and reduced our leverage ratio in seven, 700 basis points, being the world leading group in green bonds issued and a leading player in sustainable financing. We are therefore at the right place, at the right moment, and our ambition is to take advantage of this very large, large opportunity we have ahead of us. Well, it certainly seems from what you've said that Iberdrola is well on its way to decarbonizing. But what about the future? So when you look ahead, what do you think the long-term expenditures will focus on? Renewable capacity, smarter grids, or perhaps your networks business? Well, uh, to, to decarbonize the economy, all green technologies and investment in smart grids are necessary. That's for sure. 
The most efficient and competitive solution right now is uh, the direct electrification with renewable sources of the economy. So we've seen that around 80% of the final demand of the European Union could be supplied by renewable energy through the direct electrification of this, of services. But the thing is that there are certain sectors or niches where the electrification is not viable. This, these are the heavy transport, aviation, or some industrial and chemical processes. In such situations, a green hydrogen is where it comes into place. Iberdrola right now is, is leading several initiatives to develop a projects of a green hydrogen in several countries, in many in, in Europe, also in, in the US, in Brazil, and, and in Australia. One of these projects right now is coming into operations in Puerto Llano, in Spain, it will be the largest green hydrogen plant in Europe to produce fertilizers with a company called Fertiberia, that is Spanish. So right now, after two decades of uh, commitment with this, the decarbonization, Iberdrola is accelerating the investments uh, with the largest plant in our history. We are doing this in our, our current markets, US, UK, Europe, uh, Brazil, Mexico, but also in new ones. We are, we are entering into Australia, Japan or Taiwan, and almost all of these investments will be directed to sustainable activities aligned with the taxonomy, the EU taxonomy. So it's a global, uh, it's a global picture that you're describing, but the EU is putting energy transition right at the heart of its strategy, isn't it? And what do you expect from the European Green Deal and the next generation EU recovery plans in terms of renewed investments into your business? The EU has a, a great ambition in the in the energy transition, and they have this this uh, next generation recovery plan that is their instrument for for recovery from the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, their aim would be to mitigate the social and economic impact that this pandemic has had. It would make uh, European economies and societies more sustainable, resilient, and better prepared for these challenges we, we have uh, ahead of us with the digital and green energy transition. Right now, what we have to do is uh, European countries have, have to submit their national recovery and resilience plans uh, that describe the reforms that, they, that we want to implement with the support of these plans. So uh, from the out of the total amount... We estimate that 140 billions will be allocated to Spain and near 40% of those must be dedicated to projects that contribute to the energy transition. In our case, Iberdrola has presented um, close to 200 projects to the Spanish government. and We are planning to work together with local partners, also fostering the development of, of uh, small companies. But we still have to wait to, to get the specific details of the amount that will be allocated to us and also to have the details of the calendar. As you know, the Spanish regional governments are also participating in this process and, and therefore we don't have uh, the total visibility on, on when we will receive these details. Uh, but take into account that these funds are not going to be allocated into mature technologies. Uh, on the contrary, they will invest it to projects that need support and subsidies to accelerate the, their competitiveness. This, this could be um, sustainable mobility, green hydrogen, or heating pumps, or, or, or all these new technologies. So they, they represent a good opportunity for us 
because they will accelerate their efficiency and competitiveness, but they're, they're not part of our current plan. So they will be on top of our plan and our, our current investment plan is not, not going to be modified because of this. Can we talk a minute about carbon pricing? Because, uh, the you know, the financial incentives for companies to lower their emissions and switch to cleaner, more efficient energy sources. The carbon price in the EU has risen from 30 euros at the end of 2020 to around 70 euros today. And if this continues and reaches 100 euros, for example, what would that mean in practice for Iberdrola? Yeah, well, actually, we, we listened in, in a conference hosted by Lixor that the only way of decreasing emissions should be to forbid them completely or to make them more expensive. At the end of the day, high CO2 prices will accelerate the commissioning of, the commissioning of, of, of new renewable capacity and, and also will accelerate the road to net zero. For us at Iberdrola, we won't be really impacted by the increase of CO2 prices because our emissions are really... They are already very low. By 2030, it will be zero in Europe. So the impact will be just the opposite. The opposite as a, a higher CO2 prices, we will increase the, the electricity spot and forward prices and therefore our revenues in these markets where the thermal plants provide the backup and firmness to the electricity system. But as a Iberdrola, we support all initiatives to accelerate the energy transition in a, in a fair and sustainable way. So looking at the wider value chain of energy transmission and consumption, how does Iberdrola help or partner with its corporate clients to help them drive down their own emissions and in turn fulfill their own net zero roadmap? Yeah, we, we provide a, a wide range of solutions to our customers that go from long-term PPAs based on existing or new renewable assets. And what is a PPA, Isabel? Yeah, the PPAs are, are uh, power purchase uh, agreements. These are long-term contracts where, where we agree to provide energy, in this case, renewable energy to a customer for a long-term period. These they are around 10 years long. Also, the, a different solution could be to, to build on-site photovoltaic assets In the, at the customer's premises where Iberdrola will provide the, the assets and we carry the investment and provide the energy. And we, clo we close an, a PPA, a, a, an agreement with the customer, providing them with the, this renewable electricity produced in, in, their, in their own site. This, this solution doesn't even use the network because it's, it's built right there. Another, another way could be to help the decarbonization of their customer facility, replacing the use of gas with electro technologies that use renewable electricity. And this could also make use of green hydrogen. Again, Iberdrola takes care of the investment and provides the energy to the customer, which is free of CO2. Also, green mobility is another example. We provide the complete uh, charging points facilities And we include also a software that helps uh, monitor the, the usage of, of the points of supply or charging points. And this solution can be used for employees that charge their vehicles when they go with electric vehicles so commuting from, from home or visitors or also uh, suppliers' fleets. And, and we can provide that service too. 
And, and also, we have other services like providing energy efficiency analysis to the customers so that they can improve their, their energy usage. So you're one of the biggest suppliers of wind or the biggest producers of wind power in the world, aren't you? But um, it's not without its challenges, ecological, social issues arising from the use of wind power in fishing, for example, and tourism. Can you talk about how these might be overcome in the future? Yeah, well, uh, every, every industrial activity has an impact. Not only wind farms, uh, every activity that humans carry out has an impact. Renewable energy is, is not, an excep- uh, not an exception. Uh, but the thing is that it can have an impact in tourism, but we've seen certain reports that say that uh, tourist decisions on whether to visit a place or not is not impacted by, by whether there is a wind farm over there or not. Also, there can be a, a positive side on that. There, there could be no negative impact. And even in some cases, like in Watley, Widely, it's a wind farm we have that we, when we created more than 130 kilometers of trails to, ex, to explore on foot, bicycle, or by horse. And so in the end, we decided to create a visitor center to promote tourism with this. With regards to fishing, there's also a, the, the, the windmills themselves in the pole. They create certain uh, reef habitats that uh, are protected because fishers cannot go there. And there's a lot of fauna created around these this, uh, offshore wind farms. And I think it's uh, interesting to see it that way too. So what is your view on some of the oil and gas majors' massive investment plans and breakthroughs into power generation? Is it too late for them to transition their fossil fuel focus models or do they have an important role to play in the race to net zero? No, for us, it's great to have them joining us on the big challenge. We're so committed to the energy transition that we think that it's good that these this oil and gas major companies are also joining us in these objectives. Actually, there's, there's some studies that if you sum up the country's objectives for building renewable capacity and you sum up the companies there's still some room for more companies to come into the into the market so we're pretty confident on that we have the we've been doing this for years we have the best uh, team the best skills the best talent the know-how and the critical mass to negotiate with our suppliers we think competition is always good for everyone so the more the merrier uh, we will continue to be the, to be the best ones <laughs> excellent that's that's a good place to to start to wrap up so what what is your one takeaway that you'd like our listeners to keep in mind about the transition to a low carbon future what would it be i mean what can smaller customers or retail customers do to lower their personal carbon footprints uh well with regards to the customers they they can do a lot of things to lower their foot their footprints Uh, we have Plenty of solutions to offer, like the ones for corporate customers. We can do on-site photovoltaic generation for self-consumption. We have green mobility solutions for when they switch to electric vehicle, which, by the way, is already cheaper if you take into account the cost of the car and the cost of the, the fuel than the traditional cars. 
And also heat pumps for home, uh, home heating that is displacing the, displacing the use of gas. And as a, a Ciberdrola, we offer electricity supply with warranties of origin. This means that we are certified annually that our, uh, our energy that we supply comes from renewable sources. So Iberdrola is fully committed with the energy transition and we also are offering stable price contracts. We've been offering them for, for years so that people do not suffer this volatile momentum of the, of the electricity prices. And, and it's not just now, we've been doing it for years. And with regards to other takeaways, just to say that not only the, the companies like us need to be on board with this energy transition, also governments facilitating the permitting process and, and reducing the bureaucratic process to get uh, uh, these permits to install renewable energy, and also the financial sector. Uh, the investors need to also to take into account whether they want to support this transition to, to be part of this uh, change that is a huge uh, opportunity ahead of us. And us are, are in the right place, in the right moment. And we also have the skills to, to go ahead with, with these, uh, these ambitious targets that the, that the society and the, and, and the European Union has set ahead of us. Fantastic. Thank you. And before we leave, what's the best way that listeners can keep up to speed on Iberdrola and what you're up to? Well, we're present in all social networks. So you can find us in uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Pinterest, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok. So depending on which one is the one you use, you can you can look for us over there. And also we have our corporate uh, website that is iberdrola.com. So you can find us everywhere if you look for us. <laughs> Plenty of options there. Thank you so much, Isabel Sanchez Herrero, Head of Investor Relations at Ipadrola. Thank you, Libby. One Step Ahead is brought to you by Amundi ETF, the European champion of exchange-traded funds. To learn more about how you can keep your investments ahead of change, visit amundietf.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice and or an offer to buy financial products. Amundi ETF designates the ETF business of Amundi Asset Management. Amundi Asset Management and its affiliated companies does not in any way endorse or promote any companies or securities mentioned in this episode. The opinions expressed at the time of recording do not necessarily reflect the views of Amundi Asset Management and its affiliated companies and may vary from time to time.